This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net. The Asia Institute is a soul-based think tank that addresses global issues with a focus, of course, on Asia and is committed to presenting a balanced perspective that takes into account the concerns of the entire region for things like current trends in technology, international relations, the economy, and, of course, the environment. I've covered several talks um, and lectures over the last few years that the Asia Institute has held. And I'm joined now by Asia Institute Director and Kyunghee University Professor Emmanuel Pastreich to talk about their upcoming Peace March this Sunday, May 14th, that will take place in the Gwanghomun area of Seoul. So, Professor Pastreich, great to speak with you again. It's been a while since I've seen you in person. You're right. It's a great pleasure to be uh, in touch again. So let's talk about this event. I was I was really happy that you were able to speak to me um, just a few days before you get going so I can try to get the word out. Why is the Asia Institute organizing this Peace March now? Right. So about uh, two years ago, we started uh, the Korea Peace Movement as part of the Asia Institute, uh, which is run by uh, in, an Indian, uh, I should say Indian-Korean, uh, Lakvinder Singh, who's become a Korean citizen recently. Uh, and uh, we, we felt uh, that uh, there was not really much of an effort in Korea uh, to actively advocate for peace. Uh, so we've done a series of seminars specifically on that, talk, that topic, how to promote, how to set the groundwork for, how to uh, uh, actively create a peaceful environment. And within that context, uh, uh, Dr. Singh proposed that we should do a, a peace march. Uh, at the time, well, there's still actually a considerable amount of uncertainty and tension in, in East Asia, but particularly with North Korea and these threats of war, et cetera, uh, we felt it was really the right time uh, to actively be out there uh, and to say uh, we need a different vision for what's possible, uh, we need to, uh, as Gandhi said, uh, not wage war, but wage peace, proactively uh, promote a peaceful vision of what's possible. This idea that you just brought up that there's not, um, just to paraphrase, you know, not a lot of action on the peace movement front in South Korea, for a country that has had this constant threat from North Korea for such a long time, now that you mentioned it, I, I guess I am a little surprised that there's not more of a peace movement here. Um, it could be that I'm just not tied into it. This is obviously not my area of expertise. But as someone who is involved with this peace march and does, of course, a lot of work with the Asia Institute, um, why do you think it is that there might be some sort of uh, lack of momentum, lack of um, action taking place on the peace front in an area that, of course, is concerned with peace, you know, the Korean Peninsula? Right. So – uh, of course, there are many organizations promoting peace uh, in Korea. I don't want to suggest that that doesn't exist. Uh, however, uh, it was truly remarkable to me over the last uh, six months, we had constant demonstrations against the president, previous president Park Geun-hye, 
uh, demonstrations against THAAD deployment, uh, demonstrations against uh, um, the abuse of, uh, of labor, uh, demonstrations on a whole number of, of subjects. Um, but, uh, and those are all important. Uh, however, there really was no large scale or even small scale uh, demonstrations I saw uh, on the subject of peace, uh, or for that matter, actually on climate change. Uh, which uh, th there have been little things on climate change, but it has never really taken off. I, I think the reason for it, uh, in in part, is well, actually, <laughs> I was going to make up some some ideas, but I guess it may be more honest to say I don't really know uh, why that's the case. Uh, I, I think that uh, um, activism in Korea uh, has not been so much has been more traditionally uh, driven by this idea of opposing authoritarian government uh, and promoting for uh, uh, interaction with North Korea, per se. Uh, but the idea that the peaceful peace in East Asia uh, is the primary issue uh, has been rel relatively limited. To move on to a related but a different subject um, in lieu of this peace march that you're going to be doing, um, it's of course died down a bit, but we mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, you know, within the last month or so, been a lot of escalating tensions, as is often um, described by the media concerning the Korean Peninsula. So what are your thoughts about the rhetoric that's been coming from U.S. President Donald Trump? Also, North Korea, of course, China is involved with this. Japan's uh, involved. The entire area is involved with um, this hotbed of tensions, if you will. That is the Korean Peninsula. Right. Well, uh, as an American... Uh, I, I find it, I would say, uh, uh, disgraceful or uh, uh, grotesque the way in which the, the current administration has tried to uh, um, hype up uh, tensions through threat of uh, unilateral attacks without any justification, uh, totally illegal, both by U.S. law and by international law, uh, doing things that presidents are not authorized to do. Uh, in order to create attention and have, of course, all my family were calling me saying, when's the war going to break out because of what they saw on TV or read in the newspapers. Uh, and then the next day to go and say, uh, well, I'd be happy to meet with, as President Trump um, said, be happy to meet with Kim Jong-un anytime. And he seems like a nice guy. I mean, just uh, backwards and forwards and then say the THAAD, the anti-missile system that Korea had to have it forcing it down their throat, basically, uh, and then saying, you have to pay us a billion dollars. Uh, and by the way, we might renegotiate the free trade agreement uh, if we implying, of course, that, that the uh, security issues were linked to trade issues, to everything. Uh, so I think uh, most Asians, not just Koreans, uh, walked away from that thinking uh, that uh, uh, no one knows what's going on in Washington, D.C., uh, that you have a, a group of rank amateurs uh, combined with, a, you know, sort of far right militarists. Uh, and it's a very confusing uh, time.
Another point I want to raise before uh, I let you go to uh, continue your preparations for this uh, peace march is going to take place here just a couple days, Sunday, May 15th at 2 p.m. in Guanghuamun, of course, in Seoul. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to have a peace activist and a researcher at the Asia Institute, Yo Kawanaka, visiting Seoul the, the weekend of this event. So coming up, attending the peace march. So how did Kawanaka get involved with this event and uh, what is her background? So she is a peace uh, av advocate, uh, and she's also worked on the Fukushima uh, crisis uh, in Japan. Uh, and she's uh, been trying to reach out to uh, various uh, uh, NGOs and other organizations here uh, in uh, Korea. So uh, we brought her, uh, brought her over specifically for this event. Uh, but uh, I think we I really wanted, I mean, basically it's a, Japanese, have Dr. Singh, who's Indian, myself as an American. And then we have others, Koreans, of course, who'll be there. But to say this is not just a, uh, a Korean-driven uh, initiative, uh, but it's really a global, uh, international. Uh, and I think Japan is particularly uh, important uh, because uh, there's a tendency in, in Korea to think of Japan as just being these you know, the bad militarist Japanese uh, and that there's not really a, an interest in working with Japanese and, and in many cases, I wouldn't say in all cases, uh, but it's, it's, it's simply wrong. There's a very large number of people in Japan who are very concerned. Recent demonstrations against the Abe administration have been the largest in, in the last 40 years in, in, in Japan. It, it really is uh, a movement there. So we're hoping that these efforts can be linked together with efforts other elsewhere to sort of start a real serious dialogue on peace. And I would close that by saying that the, pre the new president of Korea, uh, uh, Moon Jae-in, who was just uh, sworn in, and I, I heard his uh, in very brief, a very uh, succinct uh, inaugural speech. Um, I've grown up, I've learned uh, to be a little cautious with politicians uh, and what they say, as we know from Obama. Uh, but uh, his speech was, uh, I thought, quite uh, uh, positive, uh, suggesting that peace should be a high priority. Uh, and I thought most significantly linking the idea of security to peace, to say that if you want security, you have to start uh, with a drive for peace. Excellent. So, Emmanuel, before I let you go, let's just talk very quickly about the event itself. So it's coming up. It's going to be this Sunday, May 15th, uh, meeting at 2 p.m., the March for Peace, in front of the Sejong Performing Arts Center in Guangkamun, Seoul. So what's going to happen there? Uh, well, I think initially we'll have a few opening remarks uh, by myself, Dr. Singh, uh, Yi Dae-gyong, the president of The Tomorrow, which is a major think tank we've worked with. Uh, and maybe a few other people. Uh, and then uh, we will uh, we'll march uh, around to City Hall and then to the Guangmun, the entrance to the Kyungbuk Palace. Uh, and then I, I think we'll probably have a, a chance to, to talk about these issues. Uh, what is peace? How will we achieve it? How do we secure it? Uh, what are the sort of uh, uh, main challenges? Just try uh, and... Uh, uh, change the the direction of things we have a basically if you look over the last uh, 10 years 
there have been a few ups and downs, but basically we've had a, a constant drive for greater tension, increased uh, military activities uh, against North Korea, and of course, uh, uh, in some cases, uh, explicitly or implicitly against uh, China, uh, and of course, Russia, etc., in other parts of the world. Uh, and this has been very destructive. But we want to start something, even if it starts with just one little, you know, foot, one step forward to start going in the opposite direction to say our priority is to reduce tensions, not to increase them, uh, and that the purpose is not to, you know, uh, uh, make profits through the sales of uh, weapon systems, but to actually do what needs to be done uh, to assure peace in the area. And maybe equally important to start focusing the idea of security uh, on the response to climate change uh, and other serious threats that we face, uh, which cannot be addressed with uh, uh, aircraft carriers or missile defense. And for anyone who has attended an Asia Institute talk, you know, uh, event, if you were, whatever you want to call it, these are the, the, the parts that are my favorite, the discussion. I've gone to quite a few. Sometimes you do simultaneous uh, interpretation. <laughs> from yeah, like, we try. You, well, you do. I mean, you're, you're very, um, you speak Korean. I think you also do Japanese as well. So you're a very um, right. strong resource for the Asia Institute. And I'm sure they're happy to have you. So, Emmanuel, best of luck um, with this Thank upcoming you. Peace Thank March. You. Once again, 2 p.m. May 15th. That's this Sunday, March for Peace at the Sejong Performing Arts Center in Guangquamun, Seoul. I've been speaking with the director of the Asia Institute, Emmanuel Pastoreich, and he's also a professor at Gyeonggi University. So, Emmanuel, best of luck marching this weekend. I hope the weather uh, cooperates. Thank you. We'll be there rain or shine. And if it's just me and a couple people or it's hundreds, uh, that really isn't so important. We want them to just start walking in the right direction. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net.